We're going to get started only because we have to get through the rest of our material and we want to get through it before we get too late in the afternoon because we're going to, at this rate we're going to go slightly past noon and that's okay but I just want to make sure that we're moving forward at least because we do have <clears throat> um, door prizes. Um, hang on to your number, the number that you have. You'll need that number. And even after you pick up a prize initially, you'll need the number because we have two drawings for two grand prizes today. If you won the grand prize last year, you are not eligible to win this year for those people who got stuff last year. Um, Sharon won the grand prize last year. So... <laughs> no. Oh. All right. Let's not get into all that. Let's let's save that for a dis- discussion later. So. That's all been covered by the blood. That's all been covered. All right. We're gonna. Let's go back. Let's go back to God's provision for your faith. <laughs> We have a few of these to get through. All right. Um, But hang on to your numbers, please. Um, So that you'll see later on why we need to Okay. Let's start up again. We're going to start with uh, God's provision for our faith. And we're going to go to our mission. Our mission. He provides for us by giving us a mission. Your faith will grow once you discover your purpose in Jesus Christ. We need to know, you need to know what we've said this over and over again about you are here for a reason and a purpose, but sometimes people don't even know what their purpose really is. But Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, will give you your purpose, but you have to ask Him, you've got to consult with Him, you've got to seek Him. He wants you to seek Him in order to know what your mission is within the Great Commission. Knowing where God wants you to be will propel you in ways you could never imagine. Of course, we know about Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and you can just jot down that verse. We've covered that verse already. Uh, we covered verses 18 through 20, but 19 through 20 essentially is the Great Commission verse. And then another verse to look at is Philippians 2, 2. Complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I'm going to read that again. Bless you. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And that one mind is that your will, or pardon, God's will will line up with your will. That's a pretty good, important prayer. Making sure that you're in line with what His will is for your life. Your response to build your faith. Number one, outreach. Outreach. Romans 10, 14 says, How then can they call on Him when they not have not believed in Him? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Guess what? That's who you are. You are the so-called preachers in this verse. 
You're the one speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ to other people. That's outreach. That requires speaking to other people about it. In other words, you can't be satisfied staying in your own little place, in your own little corner, sitting somewhere. You have a mission, and it's outreach. Another one, and Jeremiah 1.7 is another verse as well too. Jeremiah 1.7. The Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your age. <laughs> Young or old, He's sending everybody who has a, a belief, a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is opportunity. <clears throat> opportunity. In other words, there's always going to be an opportunity for you to speak to people. God provides those opportunities for you. James 2.18 is a great verse, but someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That should be a way of thinking that we have. That we want to see people in our life come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is a prominent desire for all of us. And as we're praying, one of the prayers that we have on a daily basis should be praying for those people we know who don't know the Lord. It's just like my wife said, you know, she she started praying 30 years ago for her dad. So that's very important. I always love music with Leonard Lewis along with what I'm saying. Okay. So keep that in mind. I think that's somebody actually calling. So, All right. Next we have, of course, we have opportunity. We did that. Galatians 6.10. So as in as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. Okay, next. God's provision for your faith, sanctification. Sanctification. Each believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is given the wonderful provision of the Holy Spirit. And from the Spirit comes His ability to sanctify or set apart the believer to be used of God in proclaiming His will and His glory. The sanctification of a person through the Spirit, also promotes holiness or a greater growth in one's faith, belief, and trust in Jesus Christ. Sanctification is a provision from God because it is His will for our lives. He wants us to get better. He wants us to grow every day. That's His desire for us. He does not want us to be stagnant. A stagnant believer is an ineffective believer. For his kingdom. He wants us to continue to grow. If you're stagnant, if you're not growing, how can you be effective in the kingdom of God? Because you're not able to make testimonies, you're not able to really speak about God's goodness. You can only do it in general platitudes. But God expects more from us. First Thessalonians four, verses three through five says, For it is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. In other words, you're living in such a way where you're making a testimony by your, your presence. Living the right way. 
The world has one way of doing things, but you're different from that. And that needs to be manifested in how the Lord is continually teaching you to live correctly. So your response in building your faith? Be spirit-filled. Be spirit-filled. To be spirit-filled means to be in concert with God's will for your life and being a con- being conscious, excuse me, of living in such a way that you remain a great testimony for Jesus Christ. Your actions will be affirmed by him as one who is being faithful to him and his word. And there are some verses for you to jot down, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Uh, one of those verses in there, it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's a very important thing to remember. We also have Galatians five sixteen through 18, which says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. That's true. If you're walking by the Spirit, you don't have time for the fleshly behaviors. Fleshly behaviors will not be part of your way of living. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other. Remember, you want to be distinct from the world. The world is fleshly. You have to make a difference by living by the spirit. And we've got Ezekiel 36 verses 23 to 28. I'll let you, 23b through 28, I'll let you read that on your own. And we can just keep going. I built these brakes in. I didn't take these panels out. Next, we have God's provision for your faith. Salvation. Salvation. This is a big deal, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe... Maybe I know. Okay, well, that's I'm the, I'm the, the red. The red yeah, letter is the clue. Following. You're following it, huh? <laughs> this whole study is about what is possible, okay. and understanding how all of this incorporates with that. So, yeah, you're you're there. So, but but I want you to see salvation is another provision that He gives to us. Salvation is important. If we don't have salvation, why are we why are we here? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, really, hey, what what is there for you to do at this point? If we don't have the assurance of his salvation, then why are you here? Our faith... I'm sorry, go ahead. I think it's not even having the assurance of his salvation, but the assurance of the presence of the Holy Spirit inside. Amen. That's important. Absolutely. Let's look at this. Our faith in Jesus Christ begins with a number of his promises to us, but his greatest promise is the one where he has made the provision for his believers to experience eternal life with him. That's why we go out and speak to people about Christ. We want to see people have eternal life from him. We were all created, and we've heard this for those of us in Sunday school, you've heard this before, we all were created as eternal beings. Amen? You have eternal life right now. But it's determining where you will have this eternal life. Where you're going to spend it. Because we're already, you have already been blessed beyond measure because you were chosen and created by God. 
you're able to live and function. This, this shell that He's given you, you can think, speak, He's given you all this. And because you were created, you have eternal life. Your soul is an eternal soul. Your spirit. Now, where will you spend that eternity? We have salvation that takes care of those fleshly things that separate us from God. We have to have that as a provision for our faith. We need to have that. His death on the cross was for us. His victory over death and Satan was the result of his completed sacrifice on our behalf. Did it for us. Our salvation is indeed our wonderful provision provision from Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to see and recognize. A couple of verses to make a note of. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else. This is the ESV version. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, that's a talking point that you're going to run into with some people. Because you'll have some people, depending upon where they're coming from, whether it be a new age or whatever the religion is that they've been taught, or whatever okie-finokie stuff that came down the pike, where people believe there's multiple pathways to get saved. I'm not trying to veer off, but I'm just telling you that this verse says there's one name, one way, and that's it. Now, I don't expect you to get into a fight with anybody about this. But you need to point them to this and let the Spirit speak to that person about this. Yes. That's the English Standard Version. English Standard Version of that verse. That's all right. Another uh, passage, Romans 10, verses 12 and 13. Now, this will be the NIV version I read to you. And just so you know, I, I typically go between the NIV, the NIV version 1984. Let's clarify that. Right. Not the new NIV, which I think is 2011. I don't even know what. Is it 2011? I don't even know how I remember that. But I just remember that. The original 1984 version of the NIV. The 2011 version has been neutered. It's not good. Do the CSB version. That's the Christian Center Bible. That's the... Uh, follow up to the Holman Christian Center Bible, English Standard Version, and every now and then I'll do the NASB and stuff like that and throw those in. But those are the ones we usually flip around and use. Um, the ones I usually use and flip around. Okay. Romans 10, verses 12 and 13. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is also a lifestyle for you guys to keep in mind that it's all about speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and doing so with courage and doing so openly. As you develop your faith and develop your belief structure to support that, you'll be much stronger in your conversations with people about Jesus Christ. Your response in building your faith, sacrifice. Sacrifice. As you recognize the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus Christ, your faith will continue to increase as you live a life of sacrifice that models that of the life of Jesus. Jesus gave you examples in his life of sacrifice. How he was humble and sacrificed. And not just talking about dying on the cross, but sacrifice is a way of living that we all should have. 
In the same way that you are to be spirit-filled to live a life of sanctification, your sacrifice means living in such a way that you are set apart for God. Hebrews 13:16. This is the ESV version. Do not neglect, pardon me, do not neglect to do what to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Sacrifices are pleasing to God. And remember, that requires faith. And without faith, what do we say again? It's impossible to please Him. So making a sacrifice is an effort of faith. Because you're giving up something, ultimately, to please God. Something that you may even hold very dear. Or it could be something very simple. But it's living a life of sacrifice. And ultimately, sacrifice is counter to your flesh, your will, your desire. Okay? Now, I'll just throw this out there as a humorous example. Some of you men in the past needed to have sacrifice when it comes to looking at these Browns games every week. (laughs) And just give up that time. Because there was nothing happening. One win in two years, and y'all sitting up here watching TV for three hours. Amen. <laughs> One win in two years. Yeah. Well, some of y'all weren't wasting three hours of your time. You should have sacrificed that time and done something more productive. And I can tell you just about anything more productive than that. Perseverance. Perseverance. <laughs> now, see. I knew I was going to mess with y'all, but that was my perfect... That was like a softball. (laughs) Bing! (laughs) Knocked it out of the park. Trust me, there are things you can look at in your life. That's That's a humorous example, but there are things that you can do when it comes to your time where you can maybe make a sacrifice and do something a little bit different if it's going to be something that pleases the Lord. It may be as simple as doing more devotional time. It may be something as more as sitting by and stepping back and looking at how you're using your time. And that's just an example. It's one of many possible examples. Jesus talks about the importance of living, being a living sacrifice. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is. We mentioned this verse yesterday very briefly, but I'll just remind you again. uh, Christian Standard Bible version. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. That should be a memory verse for everyone. To remember what you need to do. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. In other words, work is your reasonable your reasonable service. Yes. All of that. This is on par for who you should be. This is you. This is you. This is what you should be doing. Okay. Very good. I'm going to keep going. Next, God's provision for your faith. I am. I am. And that's a big deal. There are verses uh, that speak to that. 
Malachi 3, 6a, For I am the Lord, I change not. That's what the verse says. I am the Lord, I change not. I can be flaky and I can flake off on other people, but he doesn't change. I might change all the time. I might be very inconsistent in my behavior. You know what it is when somebody flakes you, right? They just they you know they promise they do something but they don't really do it. That's a that's kind of a slang term, flake, when somebody flakes on you. Well, God doesn't flake on us. He is always there. He doesn't change. And that's a good thing. The Lord God, the Lord God is the same Lord God of creation of the world before and after the great flood and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the same today as he was from the very beginning. The uncreated creator who is in control of everything. Exodus 3, 1 to 14. I won't read all of that, but you can go and look at, that is essentially when Moses is talking to um, the burning bush. That's the, that's the passage that covers all of that. And that's where he says, I am who I am, which was the verse that we covered yesterday. And then we also read before John 1, 1 through 5. And we know about that. And Jesus proclaimed that he is the great I am as noted in the Old Testament. And we read John eight fifty eight. So these are all passages that support who he is. Knowing who he is helps you to have greater faith. Because it girds up your belief system for Jesus Christ. But you gotta know who you're believing in. You have to have a greater understanding of who Jesus Christ is. If we're saying He is the great I am, that's pretty important for us from a foundational perspective. You know, a lot of people have faith in stuff they don't even know what they're believing in. A lot of people believe in Jesus Christ only from the standpoint that other people have told them about Christ, but their relationship is missing with Him. Well, that's not what should be happening. That's why I said you have to personalize it. That's why you have to make it your own. And learn and grow and study. The great thing about our Sunday school class, we emphasize the studying in the Word and getting in the Word and getting into it deeper to the point where people are asking about, how can I do that? That's a good thing. That's always a good thing. Understanding what it means when we look at a passage and looking at the Greek and Hebrew terminology that supports it. that There's nothing wrong with that. It's everything right with it. Because that increases understanding. Your response to build your faith. Well, we talked about living in the image of Jesus Christ and reinforcing it with all of these different things that we've talked about. And those are on your handout. The image handout should have those verses and everything that's all, all in there. So we don't have to spend time going over those again. But that's ultimately your response. You're going to live the way that Jesus Christ would have you to live. And that's by the personal study, the meditation, acting on his word, growing on a regular basis, and enduring. Because let's face it, we live in the world today. You have to endure. you got to get through it all. Okay. Next one, God's provision for your faith. Blessings. Blessings. 
In criminal investigations, a prosecutor has to present evidence that connects the defendant to the crime. The evidence is often tangible and less circumstantial. In other words, circumstantial evidence in certain cases will not get somebody a conviction. You've got to have tangible evidence. You've got to have physical evidence. Was there a weapon? Okay. Did you find the weapon? What about the fingerprints? Is there DNA involved? There's all kinds of things that you do to prosecute a case to make a conviction. Those are tangible pieces of evidence. There are times when believers in Jesus Christ need affirmation of our obedience to him. This affirmation builds our faith when we receive his blessings. Blessings are tangible ways that God reaches out to us. And I'm thankful for those things because we need evidence like this. This is what keeps us going sometimes. When you know that God has answered a prayer, that's a blessing. And you know that he has answered prayers. Yes. It's also why you share praise. Because even if we're not experiencing the answer right now, somebody else can share how they're being answered and it just bolsters everyone's faith. That's right. That's exactly right. Hearing the evidence from someone else speaking about it. That's also very important too. But it's really important for us to experience it though, isn't it? Personally. Not just get other information. That's fine. But that reinforces when you get blessed as well too. Did you have your hand up? Yes. One of the most powerful things that we know in court is eyewitness testimony. That's right. That, that hands down, that hands out over almost anything. Eyewitness testimony is very important in cases. That's correct. And we have to make sure that the eyewitness testimony is valid eyewitness testimony, too. Because the, the, the one who is representing the defense is going to do everything he can to make sure that what's being said is actually accurate. So that's, that is important, but I agree. That's, that's something we have to consider, too. Look at what James 1.17 says. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights when there is no variation or a shadow due to change. We know about that. We also know about Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Those are blessings. Those come in the form of blessings as well. When you're blessed to get something. You know, what I had to learn a lesson. Here's a lesson. This is, we were dealing with the same... <laughs> dealing with the same we have a guide that we go to to buy our cars uh, it's a guy down in uh, Canton Steve Richards he's part of Marhofer actually he's a part of the Marhofer group and I learned a lesson where one of the cars that I got Steve didn't really recommend it it was it was something that was done indirectly it was at Malibu that was at Malibu Max that I had a 2006 Malibu Max that had the broken seat after a while the driver's seat actually broke. And I had to prop that sucker up in the car to make that thing so I could even sit up. Uh, ain't no way in the world a 2006 car should have a seat breaking on it after about three or four years, whatever it was. But it was a defect. It's a manufacturer's defect. When I talked to Steve about it later, I said, well, I didn't really recommend that car. That was the car you picked out. You wanted a car, and so that was it. So fast forward. The car that I have now, that's a car that he chose for me. And, I, and he's a believer, 
I need to put that in there as well too. So I said, you know what? If that's the car that he chose and that's the one, that's the one I'm going to take. And that car is running like a champ. That car has 184,000 miles on it right now with synthetic oil. It's going strong. It's working really well. It's running really well. And for those of you who know me, I'm like driving all the time. And it's all good. I don't mind that. But that other car, that light, the electrical, it had electrical issues with it, and the light was go out and it would be raining. And it was a lemon. It was a lemon. It was. That was the one you chose. That was the one I picked. <laughs> so I learned a lesson from that. So this car that I have now is a blessing because I don't have to worry. I just do the regular maintenance on it, put that synthetic oil, let it run, and it's just doing its thing. So it's a real blessing to have that because. You know, the car is paid for. That's one less thing to pay for because i got to pay off college loans. So just keep doing what you got to do. So it's all good. But that's just one example of how God blesses. There, it can be a very small lesson or it can be a very large one. Okay? One more verse to give you. Isaiah forty thirty one. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What's the key word in there? Wait for the Lord. You gotta wait on Him. You have to wait for Him. And that's a timing issue. That's a timing issue. It's according to His timing. Not your timing. Because when you don't wait on Him and you're doing things in your timing, guess what? You could be missing all kinds of blessings. Your response to build your faith. Be grateful. He's blessing you, so be grateful that he's blessing you. Recognizing this, be grateful. There are verses that support this. 2 Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The point is is that you're presenting yourself and being grateful for what he's done for you. So you're saying, Lord, I'm going to respond in the same manner. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is another one. Give Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Remember what we said about praise? Giving thanks in all circumstances. He's blessed you before. He's going to bless you again. It's going to happen. But you have to live in certain ways so you can actually recognize what he's doing in your life. When you get ahead of him, when you get let him get past, you know, when he's past you, you're not following him. That's when you miss out. And you're missing out on your own. And Deuteronomy 6.5, because this is all about developing a relationship with the Lord. The thing about loving the Lord your God was back in Deuteronomy. It wasn't just in Matthew. That's where it comes from. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. I'm going to challenge you that that Deuteronomy 6.5 verse is a learned behavior. Loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your might is a learned behavior. It doesn't just happen by accident. You've got to learn how to do that. We're actually on the home stretch. We can keep going. 
Unless somebody needs a break. Are you guys good? All right, we'll keep going. Because we're almost done. <laughs> God's provision for your faith? Love. Yeah, Columbus let the cat out of the bag. Love. Everything's a clue up there. There are clues. God is love. 1 John 4 8. That's the verse. It is very it is his very nature to love us, and is his it is his character to love us. That's his character. His very character is to love us. And part of that love is being patient with us. Even when we are impatient, he is patient with us. That's love. You know how it is when you got your kids are acting crazy in front of you. And the one thing that you sometimes don't want to exercise is patience with them. But you love them, and you're hoping that they come around. He loved us enough to provide for us a Savior. We know this. John 3, verses 16 and 17. The the verse 16 is very important, but 17 is just as important. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. We should always include verse 17 with John 3.16. We need to have that to tie that whole verse, couple of verses together. Because we need to see that God loves us. He doesn't want to condemn everyone. Remember, a lot of people have a fear of God that may be just totally overblown. Because here's a God that has these rules and regulations and these things that have to be done, and if you don't do them the right way, He's going to get you. Well, that has to be a deprogramming and a reprogramming, doesn't it? Okay. And of course we have Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then John 15.13, greater love has no one than this as someone laid down his life for his friends. It's interesting that that example is given because we know people who have, for example, when someone's drowning, they go in the water and they try to save the other person. They lose their life. But that's the ultimate love. That's the ultimate sacrifice that anybody can make for somebody. They'll save the other person, but they lie. They lose their lives. That is something that is beyond worldly understanding, frankly. I mean, I can't swim, so I'm, I'm, I'm just about, I'm like, here, here's a, here's, here's a life preserver. Here's this, you know. Usually people that drown are the ones that can swim. They get cramps. Sometimes that happens, sure. If you can't swim, you're not going to even jump anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Shouldn't. I had an uncle that did that. Okay. I forget what park it was. He was in his late 20s, but anyway, the car was like this. Okay. And I guess the kids were playing with the gear thing, and the car rolled out into the water, and he had the jumped in and saved the kids, but he drowned. Okay. Yeah. There's the example. Yeah. Okay. All right, John 15, 13, we already read that one as well, too. So your response to build your faith. Live a Christian lifestyle. Live a Christian lifestyle. 
God's love for you will empower you to love others. When you recognize how much God loves you, it's going to spill over. It should spill over to other people in your life. They will see the difference in you because you're showing love. They'll see the difference in you because you're doing a response to stimuli that may be different from what the world would do. You're showing yourself to be different. You're showing yourself about the importance of love. And only God can give you the ability to love somebody who generally, from a worldly perspective, is hated. Only God can give you the ability to love someone who is generally hated by other people because of their behavior, because of their attitude, because of those things. Your love transcends beyond what the flesh does. You want to live that way before others. And those are the verses that go with that. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You follow the example of Christ in how you live. And of course, 2 Corinthians 5.17 Anyone in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That verse applies all throughout your life. It's an ongoing transition. You're growing and changing and learning more and more every day. And Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. God's provision for your faith? Eternal life. How about that? Eternal life. We talked about salvation, but we need to emphasize eternal life. You know, see, that comes up right after I say emphasize eternal life. Bling! <laughs> As if it's like you're, that's what's going to happen when you're in heaven. You're going to hear these, this music. <laughs> hey, there's humor in everything if you find it. All right. So... <laughs> Faith in Jesus Christ helps you to see more and more of his plan and will for your life and is the ultimate reward for your faith in Jesus is his promise of eternal life. He has kept every single promise to date. Every promise has been kept and more are being made and more promises will be fulfilled in the future. All he asks for you to do is believe. Just believe it. So this thing about eternal life is a promise to us that he's made and he's going to keep. And what do we have to support that? The past promises that have been already fulfilled. I got to tell you, God doesn't flake. He's not flaky. He doesn't flake on us. He has done exactly what he said he was going to do. He has not changed and he won't change. He just wants you to believe. Romans 6.23. We know what that is. Who knows what that verse is? Yes. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You said it so quietly, too. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's correct. That is what Romans 6.23 is. And John 5.24 is another verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is the English Standard Version, whoever hears my word and believes him... Who sent me has eternal life. That's all it takes. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. 
that's really important for us to see. Knowing that we have this eternal life, knowing that we have this promise that is going to be kept, should be very reassuring. And it allows us now to respond in kind to do what? Evangelize. Evangelize. <clears throat> You're going to talk about God's goodness to other people. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, understand something. When we talk about yesterday and even a little bit today about fear, the more you know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, that fear gets pushed to the side because you know about His goodness. And the Holy Spirit helps you with this stuff. When it comes time to talk to somebody about Him, guess what? You'll be able to speak very confidently about it. But you have to learn it. And maybe even practice it a little bit here and there. And the best way to speak about Him is to keep studying personally. That's this image thing we've been talking about. You have to keep studying and living life, living your life, but studying His Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the Word of Truth. Notice how it says rightly handling the Word of Truth. Don't just go and say anything and everything unless Scripture supports it. And you need to be able to say it in confidence because you believe it. Saying it with confidence. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. That was the old, uh, anyone in Christ, new creation. And it talks about further down in the passage about, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. He's using us to make the appeal about salvation, eternal life, through, it's his message coming through us to other people. And you can do it. We implore you on, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Always maintain your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't allow yourself, don't let sin separate you from that relationship. Because guess what? You're missing out. You're missing out when you're not in fellowship with Him. You're the one that misses out on the blessings. You're missing out on all these things that God is doing to you. He's providing all these different things for you to help you to strengthen your faith. He's giving you these things. He's giving them to you free of charge. It's not costing you anything. The only thing that, that you really need to do to be assured of that is a commitment to Him. Be committed to Him. Another thing, I don't want to leave this one out too. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Christians aren't bored silly. Amen? Amen. One of the greatest obstacles that the world has, when you become a Christian, that you become this boring, you know, lifeless palate, neutral palate of a person. Like you're just beige all the time. Well, beige, after a while, can get boring. But that's not who we are. We enjoy life. We should be enjoying life. You know, that's the thing we need to understand because God is blessing us. He's giving us these great things. He's doing so much for us. 
1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. The things that you have, He gives to you to do what? Enjoy them. And that means enjoy them here. I mean, when you die, you can't put this stuff in your casket. You can't take it with you. You've heard that before. It's for here to enjoy now. But enjoy them not in a way like you're hoarding things or you're like, I'm acquiring more and more property because I can do it. But you're enjoying it because he's giving it to you as something, as a provision to remind you of how he can bless you. And let's face it, one person's blessing is another person's transportation special. But that transportation special is a blessing because guess what it gets you to do? Get you to work. It's all in your perspective. It's all in where you are. That's really important. I can't take the bus to work. As much as the bus, you know, they have bus service all over the place, I can't take the bus to work. It would take me three or four hours to get to work if I took buses. That's right. So I have to have transportation. And sometimes you have to tell people that they really are blessed when they don't even realize it. That's part of your responsibility. That's your conversation with folks. You know, you have a car. There's a lot of folks that don't have a car. Deuteronomy 28.1 If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. He is giving you stature because of your position of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. He's giving you the ability and, the, and the, empowers you to speak about Christ to other people. You're going to stand out. You're going to stand out in a very good way. And that helps you to enjoy your life, knowing what you're doing, what you're involved in. Romans 8, 38 and 39, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the Lord, from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Understand something. That love helps you to enjoy life even more. Enjoy and appreciate what you have even more. All of this is learned over time. Because normally, the world, we don't appreciate anything sometimes the way we should. We as a nation are blessed compared to a lot of places in the world. We don't always pick up on that. I know I've said it more than once myself, but I know I'm very happy to be where I'm at today in this country. I don't care what's going on in this country. Because God is the one ultimately who's in control of whoever the leadership is or whatever is going on here. And that, you know, that's for what it is. He is the one who's in control of it. But there's a lot of places right now, it's a hardship to live in certain places in the world. So you have to sometimes circle back and remember these things as you look at what God has done for you personally. 
there's a handout that you should have about God's provision for your faith. And I know we didn't, there's one handout we didn't even uh, look at was the one about the faith and believe. And I forgot about that one yesterday, but you can kind of sur- surmise what that's all about. But you'll notice that God's provision in your response handout lists those very things we've talked about. God's provision to help your faith. Presence, our mission, sanctification, salvation, I am, blessings, love, and eternal life. And they all spell possible. How about that? And the same thing happens with your response. There's the P words up top. Prayer, praise, the pact. Outreach, opportunity, spirit, fill, sacrifice, image. Uh, being grateful, live a Christian lifestyle, and evangelize and enjoy life. How about that, sports fans? So those are things to take away. And just so you know, um, hopefully we'll have audio of this later to listen to, uh, to play back on um, the Akron Alliance page as well, too. And I typically make the text available of this entire seminar uh, available online. You can go back and refer to it. So that even might help some of us who can get online and look at it and read it. But... I want you to take all this stuff away and note these things and recognize, there you go, those are the things that are possible. That's God's provision to help your faith and those are your responses. And that's on your handout as well too. And guess what? These things are possible for you because you already have God's Word right in front of you. You already know what He can do for you. You already know what His provision is. He can help you When you have trouble with your faith, He can bolster you up with it. He wants you to succeed in this area. He doesn't want you to fail. He wants you to see that you could be successful in bolstering your faith. When you say, Lord, help my unbelief, that's the first step to getting help. Asking Him for that help. You will be able to see how these things are possible in your life because He's going to bolster your faith up. Just trust Him. He'll take care of the rest of it. Amen? Amen. All right. That is it. Any questions at all? You're just speechless now, huh? You're just catatonic because you know what's coming up after this, aren't you? Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. You t- God bless you. Yes, go ahead. That's fine. I'm so thankful that this was a timely message for all of us. Amen. But let me just remind you too that we're all still in training. Mm-hmm. We're all still learning. We're all still personally developing in our faith. And this is an ongoing process. So these are reminders and keys for us to keep in mind as we continue to grow and develop. And I appreciate the personal sharing about prayer and you know this whole thing about praying and how to pray and what we're praying about and looking at our motivations for prayer. That is how we keep our heart together when it comes to our relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that we're not praying selfishly. 
but we're praying selflessly. Mm -hmm. It's a selfless prayer. It's humble prayers. It's praying about those things that matter to the Lord. Praying according to His will. That's what we are developing. That's what we're working on on a regular basis. Amen? Amen. 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 Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Right on, right on, right on. Thank you, thank you. And right on, and power to the people. That's what's weird. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, uh, I'm going to turn the program over to um, uh, Mrs. Gaines as well, too. And uh, I see Pastor Gus is struggling to get up. <laughs> so... An act of faith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 he got the boy up here. He got the boy up here. He got the boy so the Lord said, learn to be a cheerful boy. And you learn to give gradually. How many of you feel like Glenda for what you were doing? Amen. And some of it is like, boy, yeah. So many things we knew. But to refresh yourself, be reminded, and go a little deeper. Was great. And studying is not just a thing of just studying and taking down notes. It has to first go inside here. Mm -hmm. Then you have to regurgitate it. Mm -hmm. Then you have to walk back through it. Mm -hmm. And see, sometimes me and the Lord, boy, I have to fight with him. Lord, I did all this reading, all this putting down. Now you want to change everything. But <laughs> <laughs> that's surrendering to him. Because what we want to speak is what someone said. What the Lord gave to me. Not my ideas, not so much my thoughts. But what we really believe God wants to give to his people. And Glenda was a testimony of that. I needed that. God knew, and he knows, for each one of us right now, that need us. Amen? Amen. Amen.